Welcome to the No Clue Podcast, episode 168. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. And we're back, man. Big trades, yes. trade deadline. I gotta say, this yes. is probably the craziest trade trade deadline in a while. I will say, I didn't see a lot of these moves coming. I will say that. Yeah, I didn't. I would I'll, probably say most, most of these, these moves. yeah. Yeah. There really was none. I'm looking at them, and I don't see really any that I was like, oh, I could have seen that coming. Yeah, and without the big ones, you know, without that, them talking about that one so much, I wouldn't have imagined that one either. And right. Yeah. All right, well, let's get right into it, man. <clears throat> James Harden is now on the Philadelphia 76ers. He was traded for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a first-round pick, and a protected first-round pick in 2027 um, for James Harden and Paul Millsap. And I believe Paul Millsap is already going to get bought out. Not sure about that, though. So the Ben, so- ben Simmons saga is finally over. We expect him to play for the Nets this, like, you know, soon. Soon, yeah. Um, and James Harden... The drama with James Harden has finally ended with the Nets. The yeah, does he it, like Kyrie? Does he like Durant? Does he hate them both? Who knows? Clearly, the answer is no. By the way, right? It is based off of Durant's behavior at the draft. <laughs> clearly, there was some animosity there. Yeah. Yep. But I gotta be honest. I've never seen a trade a trade of this magnitude with the two star players both under so much pressure. Mm. I agree with that. I mean, Ben Simmons not playing all year now. If he's not great, he's going to look awful. Yeah. If he comes back as the identical player he was with no adjustment when they get in the playoffs again, I mean, yeah. it's going to look bad. What if he comes back as like a three-point specialist? Oh, like, dude. He's only worked on threes this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be insane. The Nets, the Nets are, it's easy, like, honest at that point. Yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. I'm just joking. Right. But I do have a good feeling he's going to come back the same, but I do think he'll be more aggressive and have a chip, bigger chip on his shoulder, more to prove, probably. Yeah. Um. How, how do you think Harden comes to the 76ers? What kind of attitude, what kind of, you know, intensity does he bring to the game dude harden he's a wild card if he if he had just gotten traded if he could have kept it on the low that he wanted out yeah if it wasn't if all these reports of him literally forcing his way out didn't come out yeah i'd have no problem i'd have i'd be excited about him coming to philly it the the duo pairing sounds awesome Mm mm-hmm but he's coming in like a loser. But but don't you think there's more stock into him going somewhere he actually wants to go to? Like with Maury? Daryl Maury, which for some reason I don't think... I don't know of any other GM to player love affair that has ever happened right. other than him. But I don't just... you think there's more stock in him actually going somewhere that he wants to be? Because even though he went to the Nets... I don't remember him feeling as strongly about going to the Nets as like the Nets felt as strongly about bringing him there. 
Because I remember when he first wanted to leave Houston, it, he had a couple teams on the list, and the Nets were just a team on the list. It wasn't like, I don't want to go anywhere but the Nets, you know? The problem is, <clears throat> I, I get what you're saying, and to an extent you could be right, but I think mm-hmm. second team in two years he's given up on. Right. Moment adversity hit. I understand if they had gone through the year, which, you know, again, the contract doesn't kind of line up, the contract signing. Yeah. But, again, the second team in two years you've given up on. What happens when Embiid gets hurt? Right. What happens when, you know, when Doc Rivers is questioning the point guard play? Yeah, and that's that's going to be the biggest thing because <laughs> if Doc Rivers can – call Ben Simmons out, why can't he call Harden out? And calling Harden out, we've seen on numerous occasions be a complete disaster. Disaster. And he's never responded well to adversity in the playoffs. Doc Rivers or Harden or both? Yeah, both of them. (laughs) As far as responding to adversity in the playoffs, I couldn't think of a worse pairing. Yeah. It's definitely the adversity trio for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah and, and be it included. And I just think I just can't trust a guy with that kind of mentality. I I completely understand. To me, I to do. me, this is his last chance to prove that he winning is his priority. Yeah, because at this point, you can make the point now that it's about going to where he wants. But what if in a year or two he doesn't want to be in Philly either? It's very possible. Which at that point, you know, we can't... At that point, it's not really about where you want to be. You just don't want to deal with BS. Yeah. So, But there's... I don't think... There has to be a point where he realizes that there's BS on every team. I right? hope so. Now, to his credit, there is... There is BS in Brooklyn beyond, like, natural basketball stuff. Yeah. But still... You what do you you weren't good enough to overcome that? You're a clear cut favorite, even though you're not. You're losing eight straight games. The league still considers you a favorite. Yeah, nine straight, and uh, I think uh, well nine straight now. I guess he wasn't part of the team for the ninth one, but um, the other thing is, and maybe I'm capping for Harden a lot, but I don't mean to. I mean caping for Harden a lot, but I don't mean to. Um, who do we really blame for the lack of chemistry or the lack of camaraderie on the Nets? Do we blame the guy who, you know, left two championship caliber teams to form his own team? Two champ- a championship caliber team, a two-time championship team, to go form his own dreams of a team just because just because he or... liked the guys <laughs> <laughs> and does he like the he guys thought, yeah he know. thought they were cool on the course he's like yo i want to play with those guys right yeah or do we blame you know the guy who we've seen as a captain of a team as the go-to guy or at least the second go-to guy on a team sabotage two straight teams uh, this uh, being hey, the third team, possibly. Did you hear Barkley's nickname for him? <laughs> yeah, half man, too, half a season. Too good, too good. So do we? 
or do we blame him or do we blame Harden? I I feel like I I think in a vacuum because Harden is making the decision to leave the team, he looks the worst. But I think if we really look at it, he probably is the least to blame of the three having problems. Um yeah, I think you're right. Cuz I think off the court Harden is pretty easy. Maybe on the court it's tough to play with Harden, but we when we look at the guys he played with, the people he's had problems with are people everyone has problems with. You know, I you look know? at it I look at it a completely opposite way. Okay. Off the off the court, he's the third problem on this team. If there's a okay. third problem, maybe he he might not even be a problem at all off the court. Yeah. On the court, he was the biggest problem. Right. His he was I the most inconsistent that. player. He he was the one who looked the most washed up. <laughs> he was the only one who looked like he didn't have good chemistry with the team. Yeah. Again, I I literally can't think of a player who can't have chemistry with Patty Mills. Kyrie Irving came in mid-season and found a way to have chemistry with Patty Mills at playing half the games. Mm-hmm. But Harden couldn't do it at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. So, to me, on the court... This is why he looks bad. Is because he was playing awful. Right. Maybe not I awful. I get that. Awful is a stretch. He wasn't playing to to his ability at all. Nowhere and near. The other two guys were, for sure. Nowhere near. And if him and KD could stay on the court, and him and and he could have played more consistent basketball, Kyrie probably still wouldn't even have been there. Right. So that, to me, is the why he looks so bad. I get that. I get you're right. You're right about that. Um okay, let's let's get to the the actual, you know, what happens after this trade. Who who's the winner of this trade in your opinion? Brooklyn, no question. Okay. Their upside so, skyrockets from this trade. Yeah, I think they lose one guy and their starting five has been complete in one trade. I think most yeah. every other team who made a trade has has had to make two or three trades to try to complete their starting five. They've made multiple trades and still didn't complete their starting five. Nets did it in one trade, which is nuts to me. They they replaced all they they filled out or replaced all important positions that they're struggling with right now. <laughs> the funny thing is, Harden is a triple double machine. So <laughs> they trade him and get an elite point guard, an elite shooter, and an elite rebounder. <laughs> <laughs> they cover all the stats. Exactly. Harden, Harden would leave. Okay, we're gonna not gonna be able to shoot threes as well because Harden's gone. Let's get Seth Curry. Or we're gonna lose ball movement, lose assists. Let's get Ben Simmons. We're gonna lose rebounds. Let's get Andre Drummond, who's capable of getting twenty rebounds off the bench. Like, dude, <laughs> they replaced. To me, I thought a big loss for them was Joe Harris. Yeah. Because he's potentially having a second surgery. He's barely played. Right, he may uh, he may be out for the season, and and he and he's coming off of an awful playoff run. Yeah, they got a guy who's literally his career has been upward the last like three to four years. Mm-hmm. Seth Curry has gotten better and better the last three to four years since he was on Portland. Basically, he's been every team he's went to, he's gotten better and better and better. Yeah, yeah. Again, you didn't upgrade defensively at that position, but you weren't good at that at defensively at that position to begin with. No. 
but you added a high IQ player, you added an elite threat who could go off. Mm-hmm. That's what you missed with Joe Harris. Joe Harris couldn't get off in the playoffs. No. There is no go off with Joe Harris. It's right. Like three threes is going off for him. Right. Seth Curry can take the second most shots and be efficient and dominate the game. Yes. So, again, their upside with Ben Simmons setting it up, yep. the, the and spacing, they, there's and, there's no concern with spacing for, for the first time in Ben Simmons' career. And they make up every, any defensive issue they had, they make up with Ben Simmons. I know. Now, now you have a matchup guy. Now Giannis isn't working everybody on the roster by the end of the series. Now KD doesn't have to check Giannis the whole series. Exactly. Yeah. So their upside is crazy. I think their versatility upgraded in like so many different ways just off of filling out what Harden's contributions. And and the big problem they've had, I mean, they've been just throwing guys out there at center all season. Yeah. I mean, just whoever wants to play center, like, yo, man, you ever get a rebound? Why don't you play center this game? That's Dude. what they've been doing all season. Again, to me, they got to be looking at the matchups in the playoffs. Right. And you can't afford to have Nick Claxton guarding Bobby Portis for 30 minutes. (laughs) Of all people, you said Bobby Portis. I mean, Bobby Portis is shooting 40% from three this year. No, I'm with you. I'm I'm saying that in a good way because, you know, I love Bobby Portis. But I'm saying you jumped over Embiid, Vucevic, Bam. (laughs) Exactly, oh. because you're not even at that level yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> which, which you're right. <laughs> Drummond doesn't doesn't necessarily solve those matchups that you said. Right. But again, I I got more confidence that at least Drummond can match some of that than Claxton. Yeah, Drummond saves you at least at least five second chance points. I mean, at yeah. least ten second chance points a game. Yes. For sure. He stops them from getting at least five offensive rebounds. That, like, if there's anything Drummond is good for, it's not letting the other team get offensive rebounds. Right. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'm completely with you. I mean, I have nothing else to add. I mean, even another point, now Kyrie Irving doesn't even have to play point guard. Kyrie Irving doesn't have to play. <laughs> if we're being honest. If Joe like, Harris could come back... Kyrie, we good. They appreciate your services. We'll see you. One hundred percent. Absolutely. No question. Honestly, <laughs> they could throw DeAndre Brimbury in this. I mean, they just cut. They just waved him. But if they had him, they could throw him in this five, and they'd have a still have an elite five. Damn, they waved him. That's messed up. I like that he was playing. I did too. Yeah, they waved. Him. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay, so we're thinking starting five for the Nets is Ben, Seth. I mean, is Kyrie at the one, Seth at the two, Ben at the three, Durant at the four, Drummond at the five? I, I mean, the one through three, the Kyrie, Seth, and, and yeah. Ben is just whatever. I, mean, I, I think defensively, I think defensively they're going to get torched still. Uh-huh. Because Ben Simmons gives you like a, an individual guy, but... Seth is getting torched. I mean, I'm watching Patty Mills last month getting torched. Kyrie plays no defense. Kyrie, wow. yeah, Kyrie is a wild card if he's even going to play on that end. I think the I think one thing about um 
I think one thing, one reason Patty Mills gets torched is because there's no help on the Nets right now. If you go by the first guy, you got an easy layup. There's nobody there. I'm not that worried about Drummond as a help guy. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm saying I'm thinking when Ben is there and when Durant is there, there's, I got you. there's more help. Um, I think that so, that to me is what I'm most excited about, by the way. I yeah. think Simmons and KD could be unstoppable together. I agree. So even if it's not them, we have they have Aldridge, they have Blake to play the fours. So you could just go you could Seth doesn't have to start. You could go Ben, Kyrie, Durant, Aldridge or Blake, and then Drummond, right? If yeah. you wanted to. I think Blake would be the, the best option out of those if it's not gonna be Seth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you go again, a little you have, bit bigger. You have options. You got some versatility now. You could play different ways. I hope Blake runs the floor again. I really do. Because if he can't run the floor with Ben Simmons, it may be time to hang it up. Right. Not that he has to catch up with him, but if he can't find a lane to get into, <laughs> yeah, I got you. Sometimes it's like he's he's like the trailer guy trying to figure out where he's supposed to be on the fast break. Like he hasn't been. Doing that his entire career. I like nah, how he, him and Drummond played together before. Also, I that think is true. That's kind of went understated that Blake and Deon, Blake and Andre uh, Drummond were really good together in Detroit. Yeah, Blake especially that, in the playoffs. Well, Blake especially was really like at his peak at that point almost. Yeah, I, and I think him Drummond gave him something that. DeAndre Jordan didn't give him, which was like actually doing something on offense other than just rolling and just catching lobs. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of times Drummond would get out of Blake's way where DeAndre Jordan was always in the way on the Clippers. I mean, not in a bad way, but that was his. He never got out the paint most of the time. Yeah, it's just a spacing problem, you know. Yeah. Not, and I think that helped. To, I'm not mad at DeAndre Jordan for that, but like, they just couldn't figure it out. Right. All right. Okay, so now with the Sixers, what are we thinking? Starting five. Again, the one? setting my preconceived notions about Harden aside. Yeah. Um, they should dominate every first quarter. I agree with that. To me, to me, with how dominant Embiid has played, and how Fantastic. Harden should be able to kind of take a step back for that. Yeah. Which I, I really don't see a problem with him doing. I, I don't think he's going to struggle doing that. Not me either. Um, I, I think they're like the way they could play off of each other is going to be easy. Yeah, I agree. Now, who who do they have as a backup center? Now I'm not sure. Not that it matters that some, much. Some some rookie, just... some rookie. I can't remember. Okay. Like, so, I have no idea where he's from. So we're thinking Harden at the one. Danny Green at the two, Diable at the three, or you think Maxi and Harden start together? I don't think Maxi starts. So Harden, Danny, Diable. Because if um, you're if you're Tobias. bringing Danny Green off the bench, like why should why is he really playing? You know, I'm with you on that. Yeah, but Diable comes off point. the bench now. So yeah, Danny it, Green would be at the three. I just don't see Maxi and Harden playing well. Starting together, yeah. Maybe like yeah. A thir- I think it's Harden quarter. at the one. Uh, what's his name at the two? 
Danny. Yeah. I guess... I don't know if Diebel's ready to start. Yeah. That's the tough part, yeah. I, and I love... He's been, probably, he's been probably the best individual defender this year. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of Luca when he played them a week or two ago, when he just... Just, yeah. just was bullying them the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think we talked about how they were missing Ben Simmons at that point. But mm-hmm. with the exception of that, Thibault was great defensively. Yeah, but he's just like he he doesn't play under control enough for me to play him starter minutes. Okay, all the time. Yeah, I get that. So, so that's the other problem. I think giving up the two extra pieces makes their rotation much thinner. It does. It does. Considering I, just I, how important they were. Yeah, because I, I really don't think they keep Millsap. I would be really surprised if they kept him. I, I haven't heard the word if they already bought him out or not, but I'd be really surprised if they kept him. So I'm thinking... I'd start Maz at the three. Okay. I would. Korkmaz at the three? Okay. And, and, he's, and he's a good first quarter guy, by the way. Yeah, he is. Korkmaz is a streaky guy. He'll come out. He'll make his first, like, four shots, you know? Yeah, but then do you lose scoring off the bench when you bring in Dybul and... Um, Maxi And Maxi? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so because th- this is where Doc can balance out kind of how much Embiid and Harden play a part. Yeah. Because I'd give, especially in the second quarter, I'd give both of them significant chunks of time separately mm-hmm. to really get a good rhythm, at, like coming out of halftime. Yeah. So, again, I think it's going to be an easy basketball fit. Yeah. I just worry about the their response to struggle. Yeah. I, I, I do, I think, knowing Doc, I think he will go dive at the one, at the, Starting at the three, but I get your point. I mean, I think you made a really good point. Just knowing Doc, I've seen him start Wesley Johnson and Matt Barnes, and I think he likes to have that one defensive guy yeah. in the lineup, and that would be Dipole. Because think about it, when they play, if the Sixers play the Nets, who's guarding Durant in the Tobias? No, yeah, Dipole got to start. You're right. <laughs> you know, in those situations, that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. That may have to be that defensive stopper. And I think it's okay. I think it's not like... Even if he's not ready, I'm not saying he's going to be awful as a starter. No, I get it. I know what you meant. He just... Yeah. He seems like one of those guys who... Like that... Like Finney Smith is kind of one of these guys. To mm-hmm. where he really needs like a year or two of consistent clock to come into his own. Yeah. Uh, I think Thibault's on his way to that. Okay, uh, let's go to the Pacers trading Sabonis to the Kings. Um, Sabonis was one of the biggest names. I won't say biggest names, but the most brought up names in trade talks. And it's been going on for months now. Him and Turner were both on the block. They were just waiting for it to happen. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to go in as much detail, but Levert got traded to the Cavs for Ricky Rubio and a bunch of picks. So they already lost Levert. So Sabonis gets trade gets traded along with Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday and a second round pick 2027. 
for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson from the Kings to the Pacers. Who's not going to play, uh, by the way. Tristan Thompson's not going to play for the Pacers. Tristan Thompson. Which which disgusts me, by the way, that he thinks he's like good enough to be like, oh, I'm not playing here. Yeah. We've seen that with a lot of scrubs lately, which is strange. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, and Buddy Hill's been in trade talks for right. years now. <laughs> right. Finally, he got think... moved. I'm just happy. I, it, none of it, it wasn't any of the places we thought, but I'm happy he's out of there, honestly. Right. And then Ta- Halliburton has been playing really well for them and has kind of been an emerging name around the league. I, I see and... a lot of people upset with the Kings for that. Yeah, and and I think any other player that they would have gotten for Halliburton, I would have been yeah. as upset because he was a rare culture guy that they're just desperately in need of. Mm-hmm. But Sabonis is one of the few people that could be that guy. Right. Sabonis is hundred percent a team first guy. Yep. He busts his ass on the floor, always. Always working hard. Yep. So I think if you're going to lose a culture guy, which, again, I loved Halliburton. A lot of people did. Mm-hmm. Sabonis is a solid replacement for him. I agree. I and you bring agree. in two guys that are are competitive alongside him. Yep. And and don't play outside of their game. They really yeah, Holiday gets a little excited. Just a little bit. Yeah. He, gets, he has some heat checks, but it's nothing, like, really crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing really crazy. I don't think it's any game changing out of his game. Um, Ty- now, Tyrese Halliburton. Also, I think that when you, if you're the Kings and you're saying, okay, we're not trading D Fox for Simmons, we're not trading Fox for um, Harden or all these other names that come up. I think you have to eventually commit to something where Fox and Halliburton bring you two completely different kinds of games. So I think I, I get it when you say, well, they're going to have to play differently. They lose one of their best shooters, one of the best shooters in the league and don't really get a shooter back. Right. They get a big man back, which is, you know, the best asset of the trade. But, but as inconsistent as healed was, I think getting holiday back is a fair trade-off. Mm. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I mean, even though Buddy is inconsistent, Buddy's capable of getting thirty. Uh, Holiday can't get thirty. But Not now, but now you picked up you picked up an underrated big man who his game is going to open up Darren Fox's game. Yeah, exactly. You already saw Harrison Barnes's first game thirty piece. Yep. So to me, like. That's that's the reason I like the trade for the Kings, is because yeah. Sabonis is such a good character guy. Exactly. He's such a reliable yeah. guy. I know what I'm getting, and I, I finally I'm seeing them make a move that attempts to move to make them trend in the right direction. And and you you said the magic word to me, reliable. He's definitely reliable. And that's one thing. Even though I think Halliburton was great, even though I love Buddy, neither of them were. As reliable as the Kings needed. Yes. Not all around. I think Halliburton gave you something every night, but it wasn't the same thing every night. Like Holiday and Sabonis probably can give you. Yeah. So. And they just didn't have guys like 
I want to see guys that can make plays for Darren Fox. Mm -hmm. I just didn't see that from them. And finally, Sabonis gives them exactly that. Yep, yep. Sabonis getting the rebound and the outlet to Fox is going to be nice. Yeah. Really nice. High IQ player, also a, a positive thing. Yep. Okay, moving on. Uh, Pelicans and the Blazers. It's been a long, long time coming for this one. Um, the duo has been split up. CJ McCollum is now on the Pelicans, uh, along with Larry Nance Jr. and Tony Snell, who's has been on like every team in the league. Uh, for Ultimate. Josh Hart. Huh? Ultimate journeyman. <laughs> yeah. For Josh Hart, Thomas Sadaransky, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Didi Luzada. Sadaransky is uh, another guy who I feel like gets traded every year. Yeah, and he got traded again here. He went to the Spurs, I believe. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker got traded Jesus. again to the Jazz. Um, and a bunch of picks. First round pick, second round pick, second round pick. Um all that went to the Blazers at first. And then, like I said, Sadoransky and Alexander Walker got flipped. I believe the Blazers did keep Josh Hart. Pelicans kept CJ and Larry Nance Jr. for right now. What do you think? Um, I mean, I like we'll talk it. about the Blazers in a hole in a, in a second. So okay. You don't yeah. Yeah. Um, I like it for the Pelicans. I do too. Uh, I think it adds a scoring dimension. And I think Ingram is developing very similarly to how McCollum developed as a scorer. Mm -hmm. Where you just feel his progression, how he like gets more comfortable getting to certain spots, getting certain shots he likes, kind of playing off of certain players a little bit more. Yeah. I think McCollum can help Ingram become a better player. I agree. And McCollum is not like a, enough of a volume shooter that he can hurt the chemistry to any significant manner. Right. Uh, so that, that I think is going to be a good fit. And then you add the wild card of whenever Zion gets right, if that ever happens. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you get an exciting trio. I do too. I, I think even until he gets back, I think the trio of Graham... Uh, McCollum and Ingram can put up a lot of points. I know. Any given night, I mean, if Graham gets hot, Graham could give you 28, 30. Yeah. You got CJ who can get 28, 30 a night. Yeah. You got um, Ingram who can get 28, 30 a night. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, they may put up 80 points a night before Zion even gets back. And you know why I really like it is because they, they have turned their season around. Yeah. Like, they, they went from a clear lottery team to now they're working to get in the playing spot. Yep. I still got a little a, a ways to go, but they're on the way, considering how the Lakers are playing. Yep. Uh, but to me, like, this is a great time to make a subtle upgrade to the roster. I agree. And then, even as, as small as Larry Nance is to a lot of people, he's a decent filler for... 100%. We don't have Zion... He's someone who can run the same play that Zion may run, even though he's not going to do it the same way Zion can. If we're running a pick-and-roll lob, Larry Nance can do that. Yeah. And he's a good energy guy. He do, he never adds any – I mean, he's never a negative to a team. 
Yeah, man, this team, again, I, I like it because you add good pieces to a team that's trending in the right direction. Yep. And Willie Green got these guys competing. Their chemistry the last, like, two months has looked great. Yep. Uh, so I think McCollum fits right in. Yep. Now for the Blazers. Um, the Blazers. A joke. Did we we talked about the last trade, right? Yeah. Covington and. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Blazers are in full blow up mode. <laughs> it's over. Uh, a bomb has been dropped on the roster. Um, they traded four out of well three out of the starting five and the first two off the bench this point um uh, <laughs> i don't know man you know they say that they're gonna plan on building around dame um they're keeping Nurkic for now but i i've read that Nurkic was actively being shopped in this trade deadline and since it's a very slim chance dame even comes back this year that he's probably going to get traded first week of the off season. He fucking better. <laughs> he fucking better. You talking about blow up mode and Nurkic remains on the roster? Yeah. That's a, that's a joke to me. That's a joke that you got the, that as an organization you got the fucking nerve to try to bamboozle us for the third time in a decade. Yeah. We're building the team or forget a decade like 7 years. In a seven-year span, they're trying to fool us again that they're reshaping the roster. They're, like, making the, the necessary adjustments. Nonsense. Right. It's nonsense. Yep. Damian Lillard is going to be gone as soon as possible, and you <laughs> got to start over. Yeah. And, if, and it's just crazy that as a team... You are okay with doing that with Nurkic as your guy, as your new uh, cornerstone. You know, they're so trash, they even got the Powell trade wrong. Because Gary Trent has been a more consistent, more impactful player. Gary Trent is someone they definitely should have kept. who, Who was emerging as that for them. Yep. And he's only gotten better, which is no surprise to me. We we all thought it was a strange trade when it happened. We yeah, did. and I was excited about Powell's potential, but he's always been an inconsistent guy. Yep. You Undersized. add that to a team that for the last decade couldn't compete for a championship because they couldn't play consistent basketball. And had they not made that trade, they could have been looking at Okay, we traded McCollum. Now let's let's go with Trent and Dame as our backcourt, and then maybe they would have had a different look outlook on their future instead of blowing up everybody. Yep. Trade Nurkic and McCollum, and we have Trent and Dame, and then let's build around that two elite shooters. You know and that that sounds like something I, I can at least work with. Yeah. Rather than just oh, Powell's a good rotation guy. Covington, whatever they were, what they've been trying to do with Covington just hasn't worked. Of I'd be course, surprised if Covington's in the league much longer. Yeah, At least how he's been playing. His career. Yeah. He played great everywhere else but there. Yep. Yep. I, I was excited about the pickup, but they ruined him too. Yep. They're just like, they're, they're so overdue with this blow up shit. 
mm-hmm. that it honestly the fact that they're like they're trying to play it off as them like finally being trying to move in a direction like I don't want to hear yeah. that shit you sat on your ass for eight years not acknowledging the problem <laughs> right eight years you're changing the fucking roster every other summer yep I, I don't care now it's too late I'm with you I'm with you Okay. Shout out to um, Anthony Simons, by the way. Playing great. Fantastic. Simons if, and Dean McElmore look like a yeah. backcourt all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah, dude. I, Simons, they, you know, for all the strange shit they got going on, Simons has just been a diamond in the fucking rough. Yeah, he has. Absolutely has. He's That's been winning great. games for them. I know. Now, uh, I want to talk about a sneaky, impactful trade, at least in my opinion. Uh, the Kings traded Marvin Bagley III, who's been in trade talks all season. They thought maybe he'd go to a contender. He felt like he wasn't getting enough growth there. So, he asked to be traded. They weren't playing him. He's out of the rotation. Issues with the coaching staff, whatever. They traded him for... Dante DiVincenzo from the Bucks, uh, Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson from the Pistons. Bagley went to the Pistons. Um, and the Clippers snuck in on this and got Simi Ojale from, I'm not even sure what team he was on. Me neither. And, <laughs> and Rodney Hood from the Bucks. Maybe Ojale was on the Bucks. From the Bucks and the Bucks, who sent Dante DiVincenzo to the Kings, received Serge Ibaka from the Clippers, along with two future second round picks and some money. I think Ibaka to the Bucks is a huge, huge trade. I know Ibaka's not really on his way out, but at the tail end of his career. But this season, the Bucks have been looking for a new big. Pretty much the whole season. They've been rotating guys in and out. They picked up Boogie, dropped Boogie. Um, they were playing Bobby Portis, starting Bobby Portis there, starting Greek Freak there. They would start like a younger guy there. They've been trying to figure out what they could do while um, Brooke Lopez has been out. And he's and, probably going to be out. Right. He's probably we haven't heard shit season. since game one. It's a back nope. problem, which you know is... His the the reason he, all his injuries freak me out is because it's mm-hmm. always like foot or back, which are like awful things to injure as a big man. As a seven footer, yeah, yeah it's exactly. just, it's tough for him, man. Right. So we think okay, Brook Lopez was emerging as like one of the best shooting big men in the league, and he always kind of had been, but they had really put that into the offense for them. Uh. Obviously, he's seven foot. He's been a really good defender as of late. And, you know, like I said, they tried Boogie there. He's a good shooter. They couldn't make it work for five games, eight games, whatever it was. So now they get Ibaka, who's exactly what they needed from Lopez right now. Who Ibaka can hit threes. Not as good of a shooter as Lopez, obviously. Not nearly as consistent. But he's somebody that you can't just leave wide open the whole game. Um, Ibaka still is a great shot blocker when he wants to be. I think he probably will be now with guys like Greek Freak there 
uh, with Bobby Portis out there at the same time. I just think it was a huge, huge pickup for the defending champions um, who were in desperate need of, desperate need of a big man. Even though I want Bobby Portis to play more. so I think it's kind of weird that like Bobby Portis has emerged as kind of an identical player to what, what Ibaka is. Mm-hmm. Or at least, at, his, legs. at least at his best, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting how they balance out the fact that they they're both kind of just gonna float on the perimeter a lot, mm-hmm. um, because I, I don't think I don't really like when they just try to like pull the LeBron setup around Giannis. Yeah. Uh, and I hope Ibaka doesn't make them go back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I agree with everything you said. I think defensively, it's what they needed. They needed for the rotation. And they they their chemistry is so good that even if he's not at his best, he's going to contribute. I agree, and he's been working on that. I mean, that little hook shot he's been doing lately has been really nice. Yeah, really nice. The Clippers uh, get their ninth, uh, eighth, and ninth small forward to their rosters. Yeah, uh, I like Bagley to the Pistons. I think the Pistons are a young team, young hungry guys. I mean. That's a good. That's a good spot for him to go. They look so hungry out there, man. Like it's so crazy. Even when I mean, I, it's unfortunate Josh Jackson is in this trade because I liked what he how he had been playing for them, but he's been hungry. Diallo looks like he's on like a mission to embarrass everybody in the league at one point. Um, even though he doesn't do it, but he looks like he's really trying to. Cade is trying to prove that he was worthy of being the first pick. Bro, I think um, Sadiq Bay. I think that's his Sadiq name. Bay, yes. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. I do too, man. He's like been, nobody he's notices. He's tough. He's tough, and he's a, a physical specimen. I mean, he's he's been playing fantastic too. I mean, like I said, that team is hungry, and they are working really, really, really hard out yeah. there. I think they're just like one or two, maybe two years of like Diallo. Cade uh, Cunningham and Bay developing to from being elite and and Bagley and and when I say elite I mean an elite good team not a contender I mean like kind of where Charlotte is right now I think Detroit is maybe two or three years away from being that so um, yeah man I, I like Bagley there a lot um, Bucks losing DiVincenzo and then. Uh, Connaughton going out possibly for the season is really rough. Um, yeah, but it brings Grayson Allen back in there. <sighs> no comment. <laughs> Who Kings you know, getting... was playing well again early in the he year. Was. was playing very well. He was playing well, yeah. Uh, DiVincenzo, Lyles, and Josh Jackson adding to the Kings... Uh, already crazy amount of just raw talent. I mean, I don't know what Trey Lyles is doing, uh, is going to keep doing in the league, but Josh Jackson, DiVincenzo, adding to like all the pieces that Sacramento has that doesn't know how to use is, is pretty cool. I'm cool with that. Um, see, where else? Where else do we want to go? Where do you want to go next? I mean, we got to talk about the Wizards. I think, I think, in my opinion, 
This is my absolute favorite trade of the entire trade deadline. I think this trade will have the biggest turnaround for a team out of all of the trades. I'm going out and saying that. As a, I, that's, I like that, you know. I think that this... Well, let me get into it. First of all, they traded Montrez Harrell for Ish Smith to return to D.C. for the third time. I think so. Is it? It might be second, but maybe third. I think it's, I think it's the third time. Maybe he was right. there a really long time. Then. Second or third time, and then uh, Vernon Carey Jr., and a second round pick to uh, Wizards trade to Montrezl for them. So Montrezl is going to be on Charlotte Hornets and they come back to Washington. They also traded Aaron Holiday to the Suns for cash, which opened up this mega trade. Spencer Dinwiddie, Davis Bertans, who people have been complaining about all season. Bertans, they've been complaining about for two seasons. Yes. Dinwiddie has completely ruined their chemistry. Yes. Starting at point guard. Yes. Doesn't know how to play point guard. It's been a disaster. All accurate statements, yes. They trade those two for Kristaps Porzingis, the unicorn himself. Yes. I, I love <laughs> so I love fire. this trade. Like Yeah. I'm not I'm not I've been let down too many times to get excited as to as far as turning the season around. And all that shit. <laughs> but on on the surface, I really like this trade. It's not gonna turn this season around. This season's over. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When when you're it, when your guard rotation is Ish Smith, Raul Neto. Yeah. Yeah, like Kispert. It's, a wrap. it's no good. That's you're not <laughs> Steph Curry, that you're not guarding Steph Curry. You're not guarding Kyle Lowry. Not guarding, you're not guarding James Harden. Yeah, this season's done. But um, I think, you know, record from this season, even last season, to next season is going to be so different. If you, if you can keep that one guy that people are confused whether he's going to stay or go, is he going to demand a trade or not, is he going to sign an extension or not, if they can keep him, I think the, the next year's record is going to be so much better than the last two years' records. I really do. You know what? I like that this trade, and I like that their moves have, like, kind of condensed the roster. Mm, now, I, I, don't. I don't like the like the fact that they're lacking in backcourt talent. They don't they didn't condense big... it, like, the balanced way I was looking for. Yeah, but now, like now, you, you have to play Gafford. They had more pieces that they could have traded than the like the real important ones that they did. That's that's what kind of messed me up. Like, okay, you traded Montrezl, but like <laughs> you needed Montrezl for this team. I, I agree. Like. I agree. Montrezl was a big loss. Now you have no point guard, really. No starting point. Not that he was a starting point guard, but you lose point guard grit. Yes. Um, you trade Bertans. You don't have no. knockdown. That's fine. Kuzma's <laughs> been playing great. We'll take it. Go ahead, Bertans. Get out of here. But I think, I think they lose a lot of depth with this. Uh, you had Bryant, who 
hasn't been able to stay healthy. I would have let him go. Kisper, you know, he's been playing well, but if we were getting Porzingis back, he's out of here. I would have let Gafford go for Porzingis. I mean, pretty much everyone else on the roster I would have let go, other than the starters. But I think there's some potential to this team being able to go really big in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just like that if they don't keep Beal, mm-hmm. they're not headed like straight for the tank lottery. Mm. There, there. I think there are things aren't, they could do. Aren't they? <laughs> hey. Well, <laughs> KCP, Kuzma, and Porzingis is not good. <laughs> They're not getting it done. Not without Beal. All right, that's fine. That's fine. I I like that three, even if they don't get it done. Yeah. I I like the potential. Again, if you just lose Beal and do nothing else, yeah, it's not going to look good. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like, that's what I thought you meant. You mean lose Beal to a trade. Yeah, if you could either trade Beal or at least make some kind of impactful, you know, move after that. Yeah. Or signing, some kind of impactful signing. I think you could at least uh, be competitive in the East. No, yeah, you're you're definitely right. You're right. You're right. I thought you I thought you truly meant like if just take Beal off this roster. But I, I get what you mean. If you lose Beal to, you know, you lose Beal and you get, I don't know, I I'm not gonna say a name, but you lose Beal and you get another starting shooting guard, you you might be in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. Elite shooting guard, at least. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love what the Wizards did. Um, now, there's been a bunch of reunions. We just yes. talked about one. Ish Smith to the Wizards. Daniel Tice, Mr. Hackam himself. Yes. Good move. Is Boston. Back. back to Boston, man. I like it. I love it. You think they keep everybody? What do you mean? Well, I guess I didn't know Ian's freedom was in this trade at first. But yeah, he's been giving keep... them nothing. You're right. They haven't. So... They just haven't been playing him either. Right. He might be a good pickup for Philly now that Philly doesn't have a backup. But um, so they lose shooter freedom. Bruno Fernando. Do you think they keep Horford, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, or do you think somebody gets bought out? Or I'd keep them. So Tice comes off the bench. Yeah. Okay. Because I I think Horford could play alongside either Williams or uh, Tice. Mm-hmm. And again, like this team, the rotation is not really the problem at this point to me. Yeah. Um, the way they play, like their rotation doesn't really decide whether they win or lose. <laughs> And all these guys, yeah. what I like about it is that, like, again, Cantor and his freedom a lot of the time was out there. Even when he played, he was not playing very well this year. Right. So to me, you know what you're getting with Tice. Competitive guy, high IQ guy, willing to use his fouls. Mm-hmm. Williams has been awesome all year. Yeah, he has. And Horford. Which def- Williams? Robert Williams. Yeah, he has. <laughs> and Horford has been. Very good defensively. He's been a lot better than I thought he would be. Yeah, he's had like a little a Blake kind of resurgence when Blake went to the Nets. Yeah. Initially, that's kind of what I'm seeing from uh, Horford right now. Yeah, it was kind of weird that Horford just got thrown around the league 
for yeah you know two or three years and like no one thought he was able to be used at all and yeah and now he's starting again he just looked bad in philly that was the yeah the, and then after that oh, everybody just started doubting him yeah okay so you just like Really threw him in the trash. Played him a few times, and I'm like, all right, we're good. And, and you know how I feel about the other Williams. If if Tice <laughs> lessens his minutes, addition yeah. by subtraction. <laughs> yeah, I hope Tice can actually hit some jump shots this time. This time around, I feel like he can. He would take them all the time and never make them. He'd be wide open and shoot them like, yo. I nah, if it was free throw inside, he got it. Outside of that, I'm- not brick. <laughs> Those top of the key threes that he they let him get all the time, he'd like look at him like, "Oh, y'all giving me this," <laughs> and he'd take them. And he'd yeah. never make any of them. He'd make them like when it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just enough um, to keep taking them. Right. So uh, Tice is back on the Celtics. The Suns trade Jalen Smith, who has been playing fantastic this season, to the Pacers. For Tory Craig to come back to Phoenix, which is just such a random. A I think random it's a good move. I think it's a good move considering like Crowder hasn't been playing as well. Yeah. Um. You always want to have extra depth, especially at your role positions, and he did that for them throughout the whole playoff run. I agree. I Every agree. time they, they missed value... a guy, he stepped in. He stepped in and stepped up. I agree, and they value that three spot so much you know like bridges cam johnson uh and i I mean obviously booker but bridges and cam johnson are such big pieces for them that losing one of them would cost so much for them you know if you lose cam johnson if cam johnson isn't on the suns i don't even think the suns they may like subtract seven games off their record to me like I think he's that Bridges, Bridges big of a too. deal. Yeah, either one of them subtracts at least five to ten games. Yeah, from their from their record. So I think they're that important. So I think you do need another guy to add depth to that position, especially they got they signed Biombo, who's been playing great for them. Eight in his back. They just Javale, keeping Javale, They're so. clicking in every way. They are. They're the best team in the league. Like regular season, they're the best team in the league. No question. Yep, yep. Um, I want to say there was one more uh, return home guy. Maybe not. Maybe that was it. Um, okay. Last trade I think we have to talk about. By the way, by the way, we talked about the Wizards. How do you feel about Dallas adding those two oh. guys, kind of committing to Luca running the solo show? Um. I'd be surprised if Dallas keeps Dinwiddie, like till next year. To be honest, I agree. I think Bertans fits in with them perfectly. I think Bertans is just a better shooting Maxi Kleber, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I mean a knockdown Maxi Kleber. Uh, but Dinwiddie, I I think um, Brunson. Yeah, Brunson's gonna gives you just overwhelm him. Yeah. Yeah, and Dinwiddie even at the two is just. Awkward. He's tough, man. I think Dinwiddie is like a a really bad team, a good bad team player. Like I think if he was on the Magic this year, he would fit in perfectly to just 
do whatever he wants to keep us in the game kind of thing. But Dallas doesn't need that, I don't think. He he's he just seems more of a bench player to me. He is. Um just just of how inconsistently like being on the floor a lot. This was the first year we really saw him on the floor a lot. Right. There's like stretches where he's just not involved. Yeah. And it's not really like that he's not in the plays or like other people are getting all these it's just he's literally just out there not really trying to be involved. Yep. So yep. to me I think he could use a minute reduction for a little while at least. And that might that might serve him well in Dallas. That might work for him in Dallas. Yeah. And um, what about Montrezl on the Hornets? I like it, but you didn't upgrade your defense really. Right. And and they they need they need desperately like a committed defender. I agree. Just I don't even care if he can't shoot. Just somebody who's locked in on that end. Yeah. I I I think that this is well, I'm not gonna really get into what else they could do in the future, but I think Montrezl he fits in with them flawlessly yeah. but like doesn't you make said, them he doesn't, better right right he's just a really good fit for them i just i really wish you guys didn't have to give him up man especially for yeah man, is that what he's worth man like that that's the crazy thing about it's this weird. whole trade this whole the whole situation with them is you know porzingis is just worth dinwiddie and bertans like Nicks, what are you doing? Bring him back. <laughs> like, all these oh, teams, God. every team has two pieces as good as Dinwiddie and Bertans. Every single team in the league. So, yeah. that was weird. And every team has an Ish Smith and a Vernon Carey Jr. to give to for Montrez Harrell. It's weird because Ish Smith played so great for us last season he was there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like it, but like I completely agree that Montrezl was too important to just lose for dudes you could have got from anybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's yeah, a high I mean, energy guard on every roster that I like. Exactly. <laughs> Essentially, especially with with COVID, how many guys are coming in and like literally fighting for their minute every minute they play? Yep. It's, you just you could have got that from anybody probably, <laughs> except the Clippers who are all all wing now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, Blazers got Bledsoe and Winslow. I mean, I would take Bledsoe and Winslow over Is Smith and Gary Gary Junior. I mean, easily. Well, Bledsoe, I, I don't know if Bledsoe's gonna be back this year because he has something with his Achilles. Bledsoe's out too. Yeah, someone is Achilles. I don't know how serious it is, but you know, Achilles never is never a good thing. Oh, okay, gotcha. It's not t- it's not torn though. Obviously, I'm sure we would have known that. Yeah, yeah. Um, lastly, Celtics. Back to the Celtics. They traded Josh Richardson, who they got, and seemingly, maybe they thought they were going to use him, and just ended up not needing him at all, and not using him at all, even though. He would play good here and there for them. They just couldn't really find the right fit for him. They traded him and Romeo Langford, who... Sucks. Bro, every time he got into the game, I'm like, yo, it's okay. 
It's okay you guys whiffed on this on that draft pick. It's okay. Move on. Like they kept trying to put him out there to see if like he would spark up as a good player. Like he would just wake up one day like, yo, what did he eat this morning? Maybe he's gonna be good today. He's, he's not. <laughs> yeah, man. His watching him, I could honestly you know how negative I am on Grant Williams. He makes me appreciate Grant Williams' contributions. Me too. <laughs> and I've been nothing but negative on Grant Williams. Who was drafted? Who was? Who had been drafting for them? Danny Ainge. I feel like yeah, I think so. Terrible, terrible drafter. Uh, I mean, the two guys he has now are great, but everyone else that he's drafted. Yeah, I do like. I do like they're they are trending in a good direction. They picked up good players, um, yeah. Kind of players who are easier fits to the team. Yeah, I didn't even get to who they got for Richardson and Langford. They got Derek White from the Spurs, uh, Olympian. Um, he's been emerging for the last three years or so. He had a down year. I mean, this is probably his most down year. I think he came off an injury right this yeah. summer. Came off an injury. So he's been up and down, and I think DeJounte Murray playing, well, DeJounte Murray being an all-star has kind of overshadowed any contribution White has even been making, if he if he has been making good ones. It's harder to notice because DeJounte Murray has like a 30-point triple-double every right. night. So, um, so, yeah, he comes to the Celtics. Celtics are just allergic <laughs> point guards like they just refuse to put any point guards into their system like I do not they're point guard intolerant I don't get it I, I don't either they trade Josh Richardson is a guard Romeo Langford's a guard Schroeder is a guard they get Derek White and Tice back this is strange this team <laughs> this team's backcourt rotation collapses uh, entirely, if Marcus Smart misses the playoffs, if Mark, yeah, if Marcus Smart has a catastrophic injury, I have no idea who they start at the one and two. That's that's, I mean, that's bad. They don't. I mean, Peyton Pritchard plays point guard, I think, because of his height, but they have no other point guard on the roster. They have no point guard on the roster. He doesn't. Smart he's isn't a point at guard. the point guard position. Pritchard does not play point guards. Exactly. They have no point guard on the entire roster. No. And there was point guards available. I mean, I would take Is Smith before I play without a point guard at all. hundred uh, percent. Aaron Holiday. I'll take Spencer I mean, Dinwiddie as bad as he was playing. Yeah, before I go out there point guardless. You right. guys are about to go out there point guardless. And too, and I don't know too. I don't know a dynamic duo. Who's more like who needs a point guard more than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? There is none. There's no point. There's no duo that needs one more. So that's going to be LeBron and AD, apparently. Oh, yeah. (laughs) LeBron is the point. That's the problem. They don't need one. LeBron is the point guard. They need to get rid of all the point guards they have. (laughs) Maybe they're. um, Well, I'll say. Buyout candidates. Uh, the Raptors and the Spurs just made a complete buyout trade, which is Thaddeus Young for Dragic. That I think both of them are going to get bought out, which is just strange. Why right? even trade them? 
Yeah, they're just both going to get bought out. But uh, Drew uh, Ebanks, Eubanks, got traded to the Raptors as well from the Spurs. Um, Spurs got a first-round pick for that, protected first-round pick, and the Raptors got a second-round pick. So Drogic is going to get bought out. Out of the teams we talked about, we talked about a lot of teams that made trades. Where do you see Drogic fitting in? And even teams we didn't talk about, but where do you see Drogic fitting in out here? We talked about it a little bit last podcast, but not really in depth, especially not knowing all the moves that these teams would make. Um, honestly, I think Philly. That would be pretty cool. I think Philly, uh, he's an easy fit. He takes pressure off of Harden to make every play. Um, he, he's a guy who could get his own shot like in the right way Mm -hmm. where he's never settling or really forcing like bad, like attempts to attack. Yeah. So, and he's like a vet. He's just a vet who could kind of check guys like Harden when he's, you know, has a questionable attitude in the playoffs. Yeah. He could kind of keep Embiid. He could have a conversation with Embiid. He's got that experience to me. Okay. So I I think that's a good pickup if, if they go for that. If they're yeah. looking to make one, right? I I think um, I don't think he would hurt them, but I think you would take a little bit away from guys that like Maxi and um, the guys that come off the bench that you I get it that have been doing well. But I I definitely I mean I I don't think Dragic really hurts any team, but I definitely think. He would make them more dangerous if they got it to work to the point where they didn't have to lose any contributions from anybody. Um, I guess I can't really think of any teams specifically that he would help. I thought he would help the Raptors, but he didn't want to I mean, he'll help Boston, like we just talked about. Would you start him at the point? Boston? Yeah. With Smart? Smart at the Smart two. At I, the guess. two? I kinda I hate it and I love it at the same time. <laughs> it's weird. Smart I try really I try to be off the bench. I like Smart, but nah. he was best when he was six man for them to me. I mean, yeah, yeah, but he's good enough as a starter to me. So what it would be Drogic. So Derek White would be six man. You'd have Drogic, Smart, Brown, yeah. Tatum, and Williams. Yeah. Tice. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Whatever. Williams or Tice. Again, it like sounds good, but their rotation doesn't decide their games. We know what decides right. their games. Right. I like that too, though. I do. Um, hmm. Maybe that's why they left that gaping hole in the point guard, because maybe they had some talks with these guys. I do think. I do think a lot of teams... Especially when guys know they're going to get bought out. I do think they speak to teams first. Yeah. So so maybe they had a conversation with them and said, hey, man, you know. We know Another we team we talked ready. about, my Wizards need him. Wizards definitely need him. And he would work. He'd be huge. Yeah, he would. He'd be huge. He, he would be the final piece to where I could at least be excited about them trying to make a playoff push. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that for sure. Okay. Um, 
some guys were left untraded. Jeremy Grant, noticeably, was Surprising. probably the biggest name. Yeah, probably the biggest name in trade talks that did not get traded. Uh, Miles Turner did not get traded. Uh, another big name, even though he's hurt, possibly out for the season, there was still a possibility he would get traded. Um, who else? Who else? I feel like there was someone else that was in trade talks. I mean, time. Beal stayed. Beal stayed. Westbrook. The Lakers did not make any trades. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why it makes me laugh, but it makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, well, one more trade I I didn't mention, but I guess it really isn't that big a one. The Jazz traded Joe Ingles to the Blazers, who also might get bought out. But I think he's out for the season, isn't he? Yeah. So they'll probably wait to buy him out till after the season. Torn ACL? And how old is he? 34? He's old. I think so. He, yeah. he said, I thought, I saw he said on, uh, I think it was Instagram, that is like he'll be back from this. Yeah. 34, torn ACL. That's tough. That's a tough road back. Yeah. They said he wants to come back to the Jazz still. So that, that's going to be kind of crazy. But he may come back to the Jazz to retire. Uh, and they received, the Jazz received Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Juancho Hernan Gomez, who I really like. And I've said on here multiple times, I think he's kind of gotten a raw deal. I think he I think he fits in the, with the Jazz, even though they're not going to play him. Um, the Blazers get Elijah Hughes and Joe Ingles, and then the Spurs got uh, Sadoransky. That was in the other Blazers trade. So I like Sadoransky on the Spurs, by the way. I mean they um, they did everything but what they needed to do, the Spurs. I know. That shit pisses We're me off. We're not gonna talk about it. <laughs> We're not gonna get too deep into it, but you're right. Um uh, I like Nikhil Alexander Walker on the Jazz too, honestly. Yeah. Even though I've came on this podcast and dogged him a bunch of times. I like him there, at least. That's yeah, a good pickup. Again, they're they're another team who their rotation doesn't decide their wins and losses. Yep. Uh, but the Jazz, the, the Jazz have like they kind of slipped for for a little while for a couple weeks. Yeah, and they're when getting Donovan their rhythm. Like, Donovan missed like twelve games. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, they, that they struggled without him, which they always have. Yeah, uh, and you're going to something like that. You're right. Sneaky MVP candidate, by the way. Yeah, he's never. For some reason, he's just never going to get the respect. <laughs> no, nah, they need to like they need to do what Phoenix is doing for him to get that credit. Yeah, go absolutely insane no, with the record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he still might not. Get it. <laughs> Gobert gets right. uh, defensive player of the year every single year and has like three really good defensive games. Uh, and they, by the way, dominate defensively without him. Whiteside plays one game without him. He gets seven blocks. And you call it Gobert defensive player of the year. This is crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a little more to it than that, but who knows? Right. Okay. Um,. I told you Russell Westbrook's not going anywhere, bro. <laughs> Nobody wants him. 
I didn't think he get. I don't think I thought he'd get traded oh, okay. at the deadline. Okay. I I think that would have been a stretch because I didn't like any of the, the. I didn't like any of the names they brought up for trading him. I don't like Wall for him. I said that uh, earlier. I think that's a weird trade. I didn't like. Uh, I don't want him in New York, and I didn't like what we would have to give up for him either. Um, who was it? Was another team that they were thinking. Um, either way, I didn't like any of the trades they brought up. So I would have been, I would have been surprised the Lakers did them. You know what's, you know what I'm seeing? Like I watch sports shows from time to time, and <laughs> and I see a lot of a lot of people on the internet, a lot of people in the sports shows. People, some of the people I talk to. They seem to think that there's still, like, a way to play Westbrook the right way. Like, there's still people who are under the impression that, like, putting Westbrook on the bench is is a way to make him play better. Like, what, what people don't seem to understand, and I told you this after they benched him for the final 14 minutes. Yeah. It's not about limiting his playing time. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's been so awful. There, he's played with such little self awareness that yeah. he, he's played himself out of the rotation like a month and a half ago. Right. And, and we've seen this with the Lakers for the last since LeBron has been there. Every single season, they've had somebody who plays themselves completely out of the rotation. <laughs> And it's always the starter. Yeah. Always. Oh, always. I mean, look at Drummond. Drummond played himself out of the rotation. Now Drummond might be a starting center on the a championship favorite. Yeah. Yeah, the favorite. <laughs> I mean, he's been an elite oh. backup center. He's been playing great. Every time Embiid missed a game, Drummond looked like, you know, a top 10 center in the league. So, but I mean, it, it's just funny to me that the Lakers, like, there's still this weird concern that Russ could be included in their solution, could be included in their solutions. And that's, they, the whole team has to play differently for Russ to be able to be included. And then, <laughs> out of their comfort that, zone, too. And then on top of that, Russ has to play differently for him to be into the rotation. Like, they will have to have a complete shakeup of how they play and he would have to completely change his game. And I, I guess not really change his game, but change how he thinks he should play on this team. Yeah. At least. Because if he played like OKC, um, either the Oladipo OKC year or Paul George's, the last MVP. Paul George year. Yeah, Paul George's MVP candidacy year. Then they'd be fine. But... LeBron has to play with that. Anthony Davis has to be able to just pick and roll and catch lobs. LeBron has to just run the floor and spot up. All the other guys have to just spot up. It's a completely different, you know, different roster. They can't do the same thing that Westbrook needs. I just and, like and Westbrook isn't good enough for the team to acquiesce to just how he plays. I mean, he just plays with no awareness of any kind. None. No, he doesn't. It, it, He's it's, still shooting backboard, post up, turnarounds. Dude, you look at you look at even his good game, the Charlotte when he had thirty in the second half. Yeah, and and that is like 
the final shot he took is the epitome of Russell Westbrook. Yes. He he goes off for 30 points and a half, relentlessly attacking the basket. Yep. And you know what he does to try to win the game when he could easily attack and send it to overtime? He tries to take a Damian Lillard shot. Yeah. And it flicks it up there like he was on fire before he shot it. Like it was a heat check. <laughs> yeah. To me, again, forget that's okay, you know, AD's now playing LeBron, whatever. Yeah. You can't trust him when he's alone. You can't trust him to play to his own strengths. But yep, you exactly. think limiting his clock is going to do it? No, no way. If anything, it. he's going to be even more selfish, even more uh, unaware of what's going on. I mean, you yep. saw him him patting LeBron and AD on the fucking head and shoulder. I honestly, if I'm LeBron, I would have gone straight to Palenka and said, get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> he thought he was one of the Space Jam aliens. Dude, that shit, that shit, honestly, watching AD and LeBron, like, <laughs> I felt their irritation through me. He was trying to take some of the energy, man. He's trying to steal their power. I got the it. I got it. Too. It's just disgusting to me. Like, who are you to encourage us to stay positive? Right. There's nothing There's about your performance positive. that's positive. <laughs> Right, exactly. AD, yeah. AD's been great since coming back. LeBron hasn't had an offensive slump all year. Nope. LeBron's been spectacular this year. And this team can't stop. This team can't stop throwing the ball away. This team can't play defense. They don't want to adjust the clear problem in their fucking lineup. I mean, just like like you said, just not playing Westbrook doesn't even solve their problem because they had 21 turnovers without him yesterday. I mean, two days ago. You you just you got annihilated in your last two playoff games cuz you didn't guard Devin Booker. Yeah. Like you you're not guarding Anthony Simons. Exactly. And you're sitting there talking about we're not as good as Yeah, maybe if you uh, at least attempt to challenge Giannis Maybe you you're in a better position to win the game. Yep. They're talking about how when Russ didn't play, they outscored Milwaukee by eleven. It was a fucking blowout. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like the Lakers Milwaukee have like had... embraced Russ's lack of self awareness to now it's infected everything about the team. Right. And I'm shocked that LeBron has Seeming, seemingly been this either ignorant or just clueless. I I do, as much as I don't care for Westbrook, I do kind of feel bad that he's getting so much of the blame for that, them. Because I don't think he's all to blame. Yeah. I, Again, like he's said, been awful, but there, they, they could easily be winning games in spite of his play. Yes. They've done that. Absolutely. They've yeah. they're only what four or five games. They could be ten, fifteen. Yeah. And they could as easily be, you know, five or six games above five hundred. Yep. They don't want to defend a soul. Nope. You don't want to defend a soul. And you're you're talking about going to the playoffs or up upgrading the team at the deadline for what? 
you got guys you got guys that survived in the NBA as defenders not playing any fucking defense. Yeah. Avery Bradley's getting out there not guarding a soul. Ariza's out there not guarding a soul. Melo's not even trying to guard a soul. Nope. And why should he? Dwight Howard <laughs> is looking to get steals guarding pick and rolls. Dwight Howard thinks he's going to come there and like be a completely different position that he's been playing his whole career. He likes to he wants to try to handle the ball. He's taking jump shots. Like it, they're just they're such a, a fucking mess. Yeah. They're yeah. such a mess and I'm I'm rooting for every other team fighting for a playing spot over them. I think I am, so and I'm at that point. They're well. so disgusting to watch. I'm sitting down. I I took a fucking nap just so I could watch the Laker Bucks game, and I didn't even bother. <laughs> After the first quarter, it was nothing to watch. There's nothing to watch. Uh. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. No, to, at least I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching. I've watched a lot of bad defensive performances this year. I mean, I watch the Wizards yeah. all the time. They don't fucking defend since ten and three. They haven't defended. Right. I'm watching Charlotte the other night. Couldn't didn't even bother trying to make DeRozan's life difficult or Levine's life difficult. Nope. But Charlotte is full of young like year 1 to year 5 players. And none of them are even accused of being a good defender. Exactly. Not not a single one of them. Exactly. The Lakers the Lakers won a championship just two years ago off of their defense. To me, to me, the main thing that won them that bubble championship was their defense. I agree. And they haven't wanted to play it since. Nope. It's bizarre, honestly. Klay Thompson comes off of two major like injuries, two career-ending injuries, and he's still guarding everybody. <laughs> but Avery Bradley can't be fucking defender. bothered. Yeah. yeah, Klay Thompson, game one, is strapping. Yeah. But Avery Bradley can't be bothered. Yeah. Speaking of, are you surprised at all that the Warriors didn't make any moves? No. What team did surprise you that didn't make a move? Chicago. Mm. Apparently, they um, the Pistons would only have taken Patrick Williams for Grant uh, for Jeremy Grant, and they didn't want to do it. Chicago didn't want to do it. Interesting. So I think um, I would I think I would have did it. It's weird because when I was concerned about them, Vucevic wasn't playing well. Yeah, he's been playing much better, mm-hmm. uh, and it's made them look a lot better, which I didn't even think was possible. Because because DeRozan hasn't cooled off, but he hasn't been cooking every night like he was early in the year. Yeah, um, but they've. Even with the, all the guys that are missing, they look like they're getting better. Yeah, and like they they moved Kobe White into the starting lineup, and like nothing changed. And you know why? Like because he right had gotten playing time prior. Like he was ready for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That experience is huge. Yeah, I gotta be honest, dude. If I'm an Eastern Conference, if I'm Miami, Philly, uh, Bucks, or the Nets. I, I, I'm not looking forward to playing Chicago. I'm with you. That's going to be a tough. That's not going to be an easy series for whoever gets them. The crazy thing is, everybody on Chicago is clutch. I know. Like, they're all big time. Like, I know. even um, 
Desu- uh, what is his name? Deshaun Moo. Yeah, Desumo. Desumo. Yeah, yeah. Even him. I mean, him, Kobe, obviously, DeRozan and Levine. But, um, man. DeRozan and Levine's leadership has been just impeccable. Yes. Everybody, I haven't seen a single player touch the court for Chicago and not play with supreme confidence. I agree. Caruso and, and Lonzo are both clutch. Like they they make big plays in the yeah. fourth quarter. Yeah. All the time. And I think that's really their only question is who do I go to in the fourth quarter when I have all these guys that are capable of making big time stops, capable of hitting big time shots. I mean. To me, it's really who's going to be a power forward. Because like you said, all these guys are clutch. We're at the point now, which is, I didn't think this would be the case, but their backcourt play has been so great. Like you said, they could go Kobe White to Caruso Lonzo. Like, they got four to five guys that could be plugged into fourth quarter lineups and play well. And has has emerged as like an elite defender. Yeah, exactly. His defense has been amazing. I just think, man, their their potential is scary. They they are a power forward away from being like to me the favorite in the East, and, and it, I mean a really good power forward, not just like a yeah. you know. If they had gotten Porzingis, oh, it would have been a. Wrap. Oh my God, dude! And you know, <laughs> that, obviously they would have lost they, either one or two of those guards we talked about. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, that potential! <laughs> it would have been holy shit. a wrap. It wouldn't have mattered. Like the East would be over, in my opinion. I, I think. And so, I was too. thinking that too. I mean, having Przingis and Vucevic down there. I mean, I'm, if they had gotten, I think Montrezl would have helped them. Not that he would have been perfect. Like he still wouldn't have helped their defensive problems. Yeah. But he's exactly what they're missing. Everyone else is a is a hungry go getter on offense, and they have nobody paying power forward. And Vucevic, you know, is kind of soft when it comes to playing down low. Yeah, he floats too much. Yeah, if they had someone, if they just had someone that Levine and DeRozan could drive and just throw it up to. Come on, man. They, they need a lob threat. They, they have no lob threat down low. Crazy. Yeah, so I mean, they, they had options that. But I think I again, mean, their upside is so good. I think they're capable of beating the top Eastern teams in spite of their problems. I do too. I think DeRozan's, like you said, like you said, their roster clutch. Yep. That that is exactly what you need to make first round upsets to win second round matchups where you're not the favorite. If if it's a close game in the fourth quarter, out of every team in the East, I'm picking the Bulls. Because I've seen DeRozan has hit like four game winners this year alone. Before this year, Levine had hit like ten game winners in the last three years. Like since he's been in the Chicago uniform. I've seen Kobe White. I've seen Caruso play in huge, huge moments. Caruso's locked up all-stars in huge moments. Yep. I've seen Ball play on the biggest stages. I mean, I, I would take these guys in the fourth quarter against any team in the East. If so, Miami's weird because I got I to gotta know if Jimmy Butler's awake. Yeah. Uh, if Jimmy Butler's awake, I'll, I'll, I'll give Miami a little credit. But 
I don't have to. I don't have to worry about anybody in Chicago being awake. I can just say that. That's true. And the one thing about Miami too is even the the guys that they throw out there, the um, Yurt Sevens, the Struss. Vincents, Struess, yeah, Struess, Struess. Um, uh, they traded Okpala, by the way, but I didn't bring him up. So, but all those guys, I like how they play now. But in a in a um, playoff game, you can't you can't just like plug guys in in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Caruso is eating Vincent up in the playoffs. I agree. I, <laughs> I agree. Dusumo is eating Struess up in the playoffs, and he's he's a rookie, and I still would take him eating him up in the playoffs. I I just I don't think those guys can elevate to where I've seen, you know, even the Patty Mills, the I've seen these other guys up. I mean, you know, to some extent, to some extent, like Harrow has done it a little bit. Oh, he definitely can. I think I, I think I Struess has him. played so well for enough time that, like, he's not going to be a plug-in guy. Right. To me, if he's healthy in the playoffs, and if that means Duncan Robinson gets less gets less minutes, uh-huh. I'm making that move. I'm with you. I'm, I'm making I'm that rotation that. move. And and Spolster has always been a guy like he'll he knows the guys who are capable of being plugged in and the guys who aren't. Yeah, think about it. He had Kendrick Nunn start the year off like Iverson, and then all of a sudden he was benched by the time the season was over. And we haven't seen him since. Nope. So, it, he know, you're right. He knows. He knows guys. He knows when guys can handle the moment. I don't, I don't think he really puts guys out there who can't handle the moment. But on the flip side, he has an aging roster, and there's more time some of those guys are going to be out there that, you know, we're not so sure about as far as like I don't know how long I want Lowry out there for a full game, like you know much longer. Maybe this season, but next season. Lowry is such a wild card. He is. He's so dominant and then so stupid sometimes. Right. So I don't know, man. Miami's another team who has so, so much upside, but they're just inconsistent in a lot of ways. And Oladipo still is not back. No update. No nothing. No. What what is with these like keep it hush hush? Durant in the All Star draft doesn't want to tell us when when he's gonna be like KD. We don't have a right to know. Like we can't get an estimate. I know, and we want to know when you're like, gonna play. And what advantage does that have for every, anybody? You guys have lost ten games in a row. Like who cares? Like like what is the the trade secret to you? Not telling us when you're coming back. I know like, it's so bizarre. Yeah, it, it is bizarre. Like I would get it if they were winning, and like I don't want to tell you guys when I'm coming back because I'm about we're gonna turn it up even more. Like you know what I'm saying, like something like that. But yo, man, you lost ten games. We just want to know when we can stop, when the fans can stop crying, when we can start buying tickets to the games again. I know people have been selling their tickets because they're losing so many times in a row. I know. I don't understand why it's like again. There's no, like, this happens all the time. You give a timeline. Let's say there's a setback or you need more time. Okay, you update that info. Yeah. It's that easy. Like, I don't understand this need, like you said, for secrecy. What, what is the <laughs> yeah. point of that? And then, uh, like, the Nuggets haven't said a fucking word about Jamal Murray still. Right. Or Porter Jr. I don't know Nothing. when either of them are coming back. Nothing. And they're starting to play well, too. 
So they're a team like they they have the potential to go from a good playoff team to whoa they can make noise, right? And we don't know that because they don't want to fucking update us. And the thing is, even with the update, you could say I'm I'm about two weeks out. We know that, like, today's the 11th. We know that the 25th isn't going to be the game you come back. Like, right. You know, it, you don't mean exactly two weeks. Right. So it's like, so, yeah. Um, I'm surprised that the Hawks didn't make a move at all. I thought the Hawks had been kind of positioning themselves, trading Reddish. I thought they were going to try to go for another, you know, I thought... Maybe with John Collins kind of being uh, not sure how he's been feeling, I thought maybe they would go for Porzingis. I thought that might have been a decent, a decent trade. Uh, I thought, you know, some of the other guys, Levert. I didn't know Montrezl was available, but I, some of the names I see now, I'm like, man, I wonder why the Hawks didn't make that. Derek White would have been nice with Trey Young to me. Yeah. Um, so I thought the Hawks were going to make a move. That's my team. I thought maybe would have uh, made some trades, but it is what it is. They're another team. I I don't think a roster adjustment would have addressed their problems. Mm-hmm. I, I just think, again, they're, they got a play style issue. They, they don't defend as consistently as they should. They don't mm-hmm. spread it out as much as they are capable of. But I, I think I agree with that, but I think certain roster changes would have set them on the track to have a... Because like, like right now with this current roster, I don't even know if they can make a play adjustment. But I think if they like trade Gallinari and Bogdanovich and get Derek White, we already had to play differently than we did. I'll tell you what, you they know? could have reached, like you mentioned with Collins, if he really you know potentially wanted out, which I'm not sure... If they could have gotten Sabonis for that, yeah, I, I think that would have been a great, you know, exchange. Right, you and like I said, you instantly have to tra- change how you play. Yeah, you're not just throwing lobs every time. Yeah, but you have someone who probably is a little more gritty at the rebound, and you know, it I, changes everything. At this point, anybody who could get Trey Young playing off the ball. Right, which which is not too. it's not his fault. Like with Harden, I blamed Harden in the past for this, mm-hmm. but with Young, like their design is just to play through him, like he's Luca with scrubs out there. He has to lead the league in dribbles at this point. No I would, question. I would be shocked if anyone else. <laughs> no question. Dribbles. The yeah, amount so- of times he dribbles the fifteen to twenty three seconds is excessive to say the least. And there's no one on the on the roster who can run a play without thinking maybe I should shoot this before the play develops, and that's where I think someone like even just Derek White, who isn't that big of a change, someone who can make a play without feeling like this uh, withdrawal from taking bad shots, yeah. like Gallinari and Bogdanovich both do, like they're. Bad shot addicts. I agree. Yeah, White's a good name, man. You just needed you needed consistent guys. Whoever they were, you needed guys who were going to come in and, like, you know exactly what you're getting from them. Yeah. Because yeah. too many wild cards for them right now. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 
they were a team that I definitely thought. Even, I mean, even Levert. I thought Levert would have been someone that at least, at least we know what shots Levert is taking. Like Bogdanovich, they'll start a play and give it to him, and he thinks, "Oh man, I have a whole foot of space. I'm shooting this." And, Bogdanovich takes know, shots as if running. he's like Levert, right? And he's not at all. Exactly. Which, by yeah. the way, I love Levert to the Cavs. I love it too. I love it too. I think he fits right in. Uh, I forgot we didn't talk about that, but it's not that much to talk about. I still don't. I, did I bring this up to you last time? Where I said it's so weird to me that the teams always play each other right after they make a trade. <laughs> yeah. Like that Cleveland is playing Indiana tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. It's so it's always strange. Um, but but the matchup we want to see doesn't happen till what March tenth. Yeah, I think so. The Nets and <laughs> Philly. See, but where is it? It's in Brooklyn, isn't it? I think so. So Kyrie's not even playing. So I want to see the full roster versus the full roster. Half man, half his season. <laughs> <laughs> Reports are he's frustrated about missing, uh, only playing in half the games. Wow, that that's that's tough, Kyrie. That must be a tough thing you're going through. Yeah, man, it's gonna be tough when you know everybody in the NBA drops dead and he's the last guy standing, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever he thinks is gonna happen to everybody other than him. It's gonna be really strange. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, like, you know what bothers me about it is it's well, every other guy. Beal ended up getting it. Even Wiggins got it. They they yeah. prioritized the game. <laughs> Kyrie's the only only yeah, guy like, on planet <laughs> fucking Earth. The well, only guy in the at least the league. That yeah. that. Like, I think is... Burke still didn't get it though. Trey Burke. <laughs> <laughs> That's... I just, for the life of me, don't know. I don't want to get into an anti-vax yeah. thing. I'm, <laughs> we're not gonna. It's not. It's not our place at all. It's happen. just so strange to me. Like this, this like overwhelming like concern and need to stand out for my beliefs. Like, what? Why this? Why is this where you push back against literally everyone? <laughs> it is not like oppression. It's yeah. on your own team. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm not, I'm not going to get too far into it. But yeah, I don't get it either, man. We're on the same page with that. Um, okay, let's get to it, man. Super Bowl is here. Yes, I'm hyped. By the way, uh, garbage, garbage Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah. So, I had a scrap, Pro Bowl. In they got to scrap that shit. I agree. Because I really love, I caught a little bit of the clips from the skills stuff. Mm-hmm. Bro, they should commit way more to that. I agree. If they could have all these challenges, all these competitions. They could make like a weekend out of that. I mean, it would be more fun if we saw them do like other stuff. Like, I want to see a dunk contest between the NFL yes, players. Yes, just cool I shit. I see a four by four relay with the with the NFL yes, with the dude. running backs. 
You yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah, we don't need a fucking all-star game. That's not... Fo- yeah. Football's too much of a team sport to, to make an all-star game out of it. Right. So when we pick somebody, I want to see them do... I want to see a shot put tournament with the line men or something like that. You know, something cool. Or like a bench. Something who can bench the most the or something like... Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, just cool stuff. Again, just them like racing and and guys beating Tyreek. Like, I want to see more stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather see a bowling tournament than the than the game than the Pro Bowl game. This sucks. <laughs> that shit was so bad. I'd rather see them do literally anything. It's like a that. literal That's... joke. Like nobody on the field is taking it seriously. I've had more fun watching hot dog eating contests than that. I agree. Um, okay, who you got? Official picks. I got to go with Joe Burrow. I'm going with Joe too, man. I can't. Dude, I mean, Joe Burrow, first full start starting season. Yeah. He's been the most under control quarterback in the playoffs. Yep. A, a playoff run that included... Derek Carr, who's been in the league a long time. Yeah. Uh, Garoppolo, who's been in the league. Dak. All these guys who are considered better than him. Considered like he's not... He doesn't have their upside. To, the best quarterback in the league, arguably. To, yeah, to the GOATs. You got Rodgers, to, to Tom Brady, to Mahomes, who he literally yeah. just outplayed. Which yep. I don't know when we got we got to have an extensive conversation about the Chiefs, yeah, at some point in the off season. Uh, but again, first full starting year, and I haven't seen a more under control quarterback. Yeah, that is that is in, and and a quarterback was no line by the way. Right. Every other quarter when when Garoppolo doesn't have a line, he immediately gets eliminated. Yep. Rodgers, Brady, same thing. Yeah, I was going to say even Brady. Yeah. To me, Tannehill, all these guys, same thing. Carr, Dak. This guy gets his ass whooped all game, and all he does on third down is make fucking Josh Allen plays. Yeah. He's the slowest guy on the field, yet he's crossing the yellow line every run. I, I think he has the best vision in all of football. I really do. Dude, he's got honestly he, he's honestly got that Brady thing of like always making the right decision. Yes. Always even though he's got Chase he, he Higgins all game. Yeah, big catches all game. I mean, these guys, he's just always seeing the right option. Yeah, and he came Crazy. in a leader right away too. Crazy. I've said on the, this podcast was this podcast before, I think LSU breeds the best pros of football. And, I mean, you, you see it, man. Not that he went to LSU the whole time. I know the joke, you know, guys um, fighting over what college he really belongs to. But LSU, man, gets these guys so ready for the NFL, like, life. I know. I don't know if it was the coach or just the, the culture they have there. Yeah. But it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And he he's the guy. I mean, he is that dude. And I know he's going to face probably the hardest, most destructive defense in the league. But um, 
man. I think he's going to find a they, way. They did have Garoppolo looking like a deer in headlights. Yeah, they did. Jesus Christ. I felt bad. I mean, Brady was the same way. Like, I couldn't even be mad at them because I'm like, dude, I, I can't picture a quarterback making good decisions under these conditions. Right. <laughs> Except Joe fucking Burrow, which is why I have to pick him. Exactly. Yep. Shout out to the Rams. Rams are going to look good, I'm sure. Um, I think, I mean, this is one of the more toss-up Super Bowls, though, still. Even uh, though yeah. I'm picking Burrow, is still a Yeah, good man, I, I think Rams an are... underrated part about it is the Rams are at home. Yeah, but the Rams haven't even always been the L.A. Rams. No, that's, you know? I mean, that's, you know, that was in the past. I, I think... It's not. But, it's not the the home crowd that's I'm worried about. I got you. It's yeah. the pressure of losing in your city. But that, sometimes they may fold. They could fold. They could fold, fold. But under. they also could yeah. respond. So I, I, a lot I'm of saying it's not like the Lakers. Them. It's not like the Lakers in Staples or like you know. No, I got you. Yeah, they're, they're, a lot of these yeah, people just became as, fans. The last it's not two like years. Kansas City and Arrowhead or Lambeau right, for right. Green Bay. I get it, or yeah. Dallas, obviously. People come from St. Louis to L.A. to, you know what I mean? Like, I, I got no, but again, it's just the pressure of playing at home. Like, it's a bad look to lose that. It is. It is. Have the Bengals been at home all playoff? No, right? The Raiders? Was that in Oakland? Oh, that might have been in Cincinnati. I think that was in Cincinnati. Yeah, okay. Okay. Because they won the division. So I believe they they had the first the wild card home field, I believe. Right. I think you're right. Because yeah. the Raiders are they were like a uh, like one of the not division winning teams. Right. Yep. All right. Well, we will we will be back to talk about the Super Bowl, obviously. Yeah. Um, talk about the Chiefs, as for, we said, and later on. Yeah. Talk more about the Chiefs. Talk about some of the other games that we didn't talk about. Teams looking for next season, and talk about uh, NBA All Star break, of course. Uh, and our probably our first looks at some of these guys we've been talking about on the uh, after the trade. I can't. Deadline. I can't wait till we see Ben Simmons. Me too, man. Too I, I'm, I'm gonna be really excited for him. I really think New York is gonna embrace him. I wish he was in a different jersey in New York, but I do think Brooklyn is gonna embrace him. I think he has the Brooklyn kind of uh, swagger. Yeah, I do. All right, we'll be back. Um, follow us on all socials. We say it all the time. No clue podcast. Um, subscribe to us YouTube. Spotify, Apple, all streaming platforms were there. We got merch online. Uh, link in our bios. Um, yeah, till next time. See you guys.